Mm. <laughs> the it's, ultimate diss. Yes. It's like calling somebody a butthole. How do you come back from that? Like you just how do you how do you respond back to your what butthole? A, what a good no. word. <laughs> what a good word. Anyway, when if when we get back around to the letter B, we'll, we can do butthole. But for today, I'm we not, are doing the I'm letter not. I'm not doing a whole episode on butthole, but <laughs> go on. Okay, okay, okay. But today, today's letter is G. And I will be doing G is go for Goosebumps. For Goosebumps, right. I can't, I can't, I can't work under these conditions. This is on. So when you, when you say Goosebumps, do you mean like the stuff you get when your skin's overstimulated or the RL yes. thigh? <clears throat> No, we are going to do an entire episode on dermatology. We're going to discuss skin. No, I am referring to the classic children's literature by R.L. Stein. Um, did did you guys read this stuff when you were growing up as well? The book fair. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the Scholastic. We'll, book we'll fair. get into that. Yep, well, we'll get into that. I used to read Goosebumps for the Pizza Hut Book It program. Do you guys remember the Book mm-hmm. It program? Yep. For every mm-hmm. book you read. You get a free pizza. I'm surprised I wasn't fat. Well, I mean, I'm there's not, still time. I'm not gonna. <laughs> there's still time. So, uh, for anybody that I mean, anybody that's listened to the to us talk more than once knows that I'm a big horror movie fan. I've always been into horror, and the early '90s is when I first started to kind of dabble into some of that stuff, like. Michael Jackson's Thriller was one of the first things I ever saw that was kind of scary. Um, my dad showed me some old movies and stuff. But this, Goosebumps, were some of the first books I ever read that were like, you know, I wasn't quite old enough to read Stephen King and Clive Barker and stuff. This was a really good introduction into that. Um, so just a little bit of information about R.L. Stein, Robert Lauren Stein. Uh, he was born in 1943, and he started working with the Scholastic Book Fair shortly after World War II because they were able to make, um, well, obviously, he, if he was born in uh, 1943, he didn't start working with Scholastic Book Fair that early. I was but that's what we, Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I goofed that up. Yeah, the Scholastic Book Fair started right after World War II. Um, I was going to say, today else, I learned that Scholastic Book Fair has been around since World War II, and five-year-olds can write novels. <laughs> <laughs> well, however, he did start writing in uh, 1967. Uh, he started with... Um, that's when he started writing for the Scholastic Book Fair. Um when he first started, though, he didn't want to write scary books. He only wrote funny books. And I use the term funny very lightly because they were not. Like he tried they, publishing his... Like they were just objectively not funny? Or were they like funny to him in like an off-color Doug Stanhope stand-up kind of way? Um, His idea of funny was like dad jokes and very you know g-rated kind of jokes you can tell your friends on the school bus and uh i see nothing it, wrong it, with it, a book written like complete book full of dad <laughs> jokes I, I already said i'm starting to feel insulted here my jokes are pretty damn stuff i think well i think my stuff is great 
If you want to go back, you can uh, you can find some articles and stuff. Uh, he he wrote a his own magazine called Bananas, and it was kind of like Mad Magazine style. Uh, and he did it under the pen name Jovial Bob Stein. Okay, so a little different. See, I, I imagine his would be like a mix of like Mad Magazine and Highlights, you know, the the Boy Scouts book or magazine that you'd read in in dentist offices. So, actually, kind of funny. Between him trying to do that and before he started getting into the horror stuff, he actually worked for a couple of trade magazines, like the kind that you would see uh, on the impulse aisle when you go to check out at your grocery stores. He literally worked for this one publisher who told him, just make it up. He'd say, hey, let's do an interview with the Beatles. Make it up. And he would literally make up the entire article, never once speaking to any of these celebrities. And there was a bunch of them. <laughs> wow. False news. False yeah. news. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, one way to build a right. resume. Right. <laughs> So in 1986 is when the RL started. Okay. The doodle popped in screaming. Yeah. Hey, y'all figure out how to edit that part where I said he started writing at three years old. (laughs) No, I mean, obviously all this will get, get edited out. Oh, yeah. Just remember where you were before I told you to stop. No, I got it. Okay. Yeah, that that was one thing I kind of, I meant to do this earlier and forgot to. I meant to kind of like read. We we stopped when that started and, yeah. Yeah. There's no need to do that. No, we can edit out. Edit. We are not a professional organization. Spit happens. Yeah, we can still edit, though. Yeah, we can edit. I'm going to edit out Luke's Well, you voice. can. I mean, I've not been a professional since the beginning, and I've done a ton of editing. <laughs> it's true. So, it's true. So, he makes a lot of fake news. Okay, so in 1986 is when the R.L. Stein we all know and love first came into effect. 1986 is when he wrote his first teen horror novel called Blind Date. Now... He wrote a couple more, and it, it started to get a little buzz, so he decided to ditch the comedy thing and stick to the horror. And then in 1989 is when he wrote his first Fear Street novel. Have you all ever heard of Fear Street? Yes, I have, actually. I didn't realize that was the uh, R.L. Stock. just did not. So Fear Street is more young adult. So... If you could, if you wanted to say that, like Stephen King novels are for grownups, one tier down would be Fear Street, and then one tier down below that would be Goosebumps. And Goosebumps started in 1992. So the first, um, the first he he did four books at one time, uh, and the first one he ever wrote was called Welcome to Dead House. And what's funny is he actually doesn't particularly like that one because most people think it's the scariest Goosebumps book he ever wrote. I'm curious. Um, I, I didn't know what the first Goosebumps was. And did he did he actually publish it under the Goosebumps heading? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. That was the first one published under that name. Okay. So, fun fact, if you're listening, you can get R.L. Stein's book, Blind Date, with 26 reviews at four stars on Amazon for $8.11. Huh. Yeah. I wouldn't mind reading it, just, just to see. Well, um, you know where to get it. So, what... Uh, so what he kind of did was the way he looked at it was as far as scaring kids, he said that you have to sort of respect the kid, give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt that they're smart and they're capable to handle this. And they said his one rule was pretty much you can do whatever you want. Just don't hurt or kill the kids. So if you look at, you know, if you scroll through a bunch of his novels and his concepts and stuff, there's some freaky stuff. I mean, there's genuinely creepy stuff. Um, but the kids are never, you know, the, the kids always make it out alive, so it makes it okay. The kids, um, the kids aren't the victim of punishment. Right, right. But as a kid reading those books, I think that is what kept me hooked in those books the most was, are mm -hmm. the kids going to make it out alive? And now yeah. knowing that, it's like, I was such a damn fool. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this. Something that I, I picked up on in this research was that, and I kind of forgot about it because I have not read a, a Goosebumps book in, in quite some time. Um, they all have a little bit of like a twist ending. So even if like, oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, there was one where he's uh this this kid is is telling his parents that there's this monster at the school, uh, maybe the janitor or something like that, and it keeps changing into this monster. And so the parents invite him over for dinner, and the kid's freaking out, like, "No, we can't do that. We can't do that." And once the guy gets there, the parents change into monsters and eat him, and said, "We can't have too many monsters here." So it's like spoiler alert. Well, I don't even remember the name of it, okay? So there. Um, it's kind of like but, uh, where Michael J. Fox opens the door and his dad to, dad's a werewolf. <laughs> I honestly exactly. cannot say I've ever seen Teen Wolf all the way through. I have seen parts of Teen Wolf, I don't know how many times, but I don't think I've ever actually watched it all the way through. Huh. I think I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So 1992, he publishes these books. They start to, to get kind of popular between the Scholastic uh, Book Fair, just kids, word of mouth, you know, kids on the bus. And in 1995 is when they started the TV show. Yeah. Did, did either one of y'all ever watch the TV show? Almost religiously. I watched so many <laughs> episodes of it. So it ran <laughs> four seasons. What? Anyone want to take a stab at R.L. Stein's net worth in 2020? Well, oh, I mean, man. I, I can see it, so it's not fair. Want to take a stab uh, at Lucas? Uh, 10 million. No, a little bit more. A little bit more. You're close. More? Wow. I thought I was going a little too high. No. No, come on. Take a guess. You were close. 12? Oh, a little higher. It's two hundred million. It's two hundred million. He's worth two hundred. Two hundred million. million. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's that brings me to another point. 
around 2008 is when they started to re-release his books. And if you go to Amazon and, and search around a little bit, you can find all kinds of collections, um, different, you know, revised editions, stuff like that. Um, in, in addition to just doing Goosebumps, he did like Choose Your Own Adventure Goosebumps. Um, they, around, uh, they did like Goosebumps 2000, where they tried to be a little edgier, but still, you know, kind of the same basic concept of stuff. Um, and then in 2015 is when they released the Goosebumps movie with Jack Black. Have either one of y'all seen that one? Yeah, 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 I have actually. It was better than I was expecting it to be. So when doing this research, uh, R.L. Stein is, is kind of like a, a homely Jewish man. He's, he's kind of soft-spoken. Like I said, he likes dad humor. He's kind of got that vibe about him. And Jack Black's portrayal of him is nothing like that. Right. Well, right. thank God it's Hollywood. Yeah. How dare they so, change something? So Jack Black said he was channeling Orson Welles. I believe um, that. To yeah, and that was where his performance came from. I have not seen the movie, but I do want to see it because I. The first it, one I was saw, pretty good. The second one, I didn't even know there was a second one. Yeah, I didn't until I started doing this research. Twenty eighteen, maybe was, was Jack, when that one came was out. Jack Black in that one? No, no. Mm -mm. no. So, just just to put this into perspective on why he's so rich, I've done a little bit of research, and according to Variety magazine. <laughs> Posted August 11th of 2020 at 2.46 p.m. Pacific Time by Dave McNary. Oh. Netflix purchases the R.L. Stein's Fear Street trilogy rights from Disney for an undisclosed amount. So the mouse. Of wow. Damn, Bobby. Wish that would have been because <sighs> uh, anything the mouse owns makes a butt to the brain. <laughs> but, uh, it pretty much. Pretty much. But I want to go back to uh, to the show. I uh, I watched the show. I don't know how many episodes of the show that I watched, but there was one episode of the show that creeped me out when I was a kid. Uh -huh. Um, and I don't even remember the name of the show, but it was there was this whole scene where the uh, like the kids were going through a lunchroom and were getting like sloppy joes and stuff, and realized that there were bugs all in their their burgers and stuff Ooh. And, and it creeped me out <laughs> oh god it got me i and i was it was one of those things where i didn't want to tell anybody that got me because i knew it was dumb <laughs> so. so i'm not going to steal any of luke's thunder here no please please uh so doing again some research on goosebumps got to know which goosebumps we were talking about right so i wasn't going to waste my time on dermatology stuff um I'm sure Arl Stein. Did you really? Did you too. really think for a minute that I was going to talk about your skin bumps? Well, I mean, I figure since you're on the horror kick, you talk about stuff that would cause you goosebumps or what goosebumps is blah 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 from paranormal. But I'm so glad we did. So upon some more research, right? Uh, there are four seasons of Goosebumps television series. Yes. 74 episodes. Yes, 74 mm -hmm. episodes. And 
for those of us old folks, the first season really released on VHS. That's pretty awesome. Well, I mean, honestly, if I could find it, like a collection of it, I'd buy it. (laughs) I'd watch them. At least half of them and then get bored of it. I'm trying to find... um, I I had come across a few people who were kind of famous um, that... You know, before they they blew up, they did an episode or two of Goosebumps. Um, let, let me give you just a couple of names here, um, and and I think you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anywhere? Uh, anyway, fam. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was in the episode Bad Hair Day. Of course, he's bald. Which uh, there you go. There's some of that Goosebump uh, R.L. Stein humor for you. He may have um, had hair in that movie. I mean, he may have been young enough to still have hair. So this one's funny. Uh, one of my one of the books I uh, remember reading and really liking was called Attack of the Mutant, and they adapted that one for TV. And Adam West is in that one. Yes. All right. Not surprising that. I feel like Adam West at one point just his career was not doing the best and he just took any role that was offered. I mean, this was in 1996 or seven. So you'd think he'd still be like hanging in there. Well, the show started, but maybe not. So no, no 95 to 98. Okay. Okay. Um, two more that I think you get a kick out of, uh, Hayden Christensen. Where do I know that name from? Anakin Skywalker. Ah. Old Anakin Skywalker. Old Annie. What? From the new series? From the the prequels. The the three prequels. Episode two and three. I'm sorry. And uh, one more, kind of possibly the most popular one now, uh, from the episode Say Cheese and Die, Ryan Gosling. Oh, nice! Probably, the, yeah. uh, probably the biggest success story out of uh, out of the, the Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. So, Goosebumps was actually the first um, uh, choose your adventure book that I ever read. Really? Uh, yeah, it was the first one. And when I got done with it, I thought that was fine. That wasn't the Goosebumps that I liked. But it occurred to me yeah. years later that. I never went back and tried it again, but it occurred to me that it was, it may have been a really good book, but it was probably my fault. I probably picked the wrong, <laughs> the wrong course of action. It's all my fault. Like I, I'm sure Arl Stein wrote a fine book, but I just picked all the horrible parts. See, I, when, I love the choose your own adventure books, but the thing that really got yeah. me is there's some of them where it's like, I would get so mad at my choice. I would just like throw the book, like close it, and be like, and be done with it. Like toss it on the table. Yeah, I, I would. I would get to one of those points, and like, you know, if if you choose to do this, turn the page, whatever. I turn to that page and read it, and be like, never, never mind, never mind. I, I turn the other way. I went the other way. I went right. I went right. I never removed my bookmark. It doesn't count. Um. The okay, so one other thing I had here. Um, this is uh, 
I'm not I'm not real familiar with this website. It's called Hobby Lark, and uh, best I can tell is they just kind of talk about you know pop culture stuff and and that kind of thing. And they did a list of the top ten original Goosebumps books. And I'm going to read through these real quick and just tell me if you remember these at all. Um, what's really fun to do before I do that. One other thing I want to talk about was another reason these books got so popular was because of the covers of these books. Well, yeah, the covers were, I mean, they grabbed you. They were, it was good artwork for Scholastic Book Fair. Tim Jacobus is the guy that did all the uh, covers for the Goosebump books. And why do and I know Tim Jacobus? Why do I know that name? He did a lot of uh, album covers back in the 70s and 80s. A lot of those like real trippy-looking Yes albums yeah. and stuff like that, a little bit fantasy or, or whatever, yeah. he did those. I remember now Tim Jacobus did did some of the artwork Yes uh, for Yes, but uh, along with Roger Dean. Did a lot of the art yeah. as well. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll so I'll sh uh, go through this list and tell me if any of you if if you've read any of these. Uh, coming at number ten is a night in terror tower. I've not no. I've I have no idea which ones I read. Now it's been twenty five years, thirty years. I don't know. I mean, I'm so I'm old, looking at the. So it's been a hot minute. Yeah. Okay, so I'm looking at the cover of this one, and I definitely had this one. I definitely read it. The cover has like, um, kind of like a hunchback guy with a big axe walking down some stairs. Yeah, that's um, fair. Yeah, that one. That was a, a, a fun one. I remember that one. Um, this one, I bet all three of us have read. At number nine is the haunted mask. Yeah, that sounds familiar too. So this is the one that on the cover has the um, the boy with the mask the, on his head and yep yep with the overalls yep yeah yeah and actually as I'm looking through this I realize that some of these have multiple covers kind of interesting I'm, I'm looking at the uh, at that cover now and uh -huh. I wonder if that's what they drew the inspiration for when the bad guy put on the mask and the mask. At the end, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I got you. I got you, uh, Jim Carrey movie. I got you. <sighs> uh, coming in at number eight is the Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. Yes. I don't think I read this one. I did. Okay. Do you do you remember this one a little bit? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't. I didn't read up for this one. No, 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 no. I, I just, I thought this was funny. Um, number seven was the horror at Camp Jelly Jam. Yeah, um, I do remember that one. Really? Yeah. I feel like I know what happens, I remember, but I don't think I ever read it. Okay, I remember reading it. I, I remember that book. I don't really remember the details of it. I'm looking at the cover now. It's got the kind of chubby, weird-looking uh, camp counselor. I do think I remember that one. Um, uh, this next one, I'm pretty sure that uh, we we all read this one too. And number six, one day at Horrorland. 
Yeah, I remember reading that one, but I don't remember the book. I mean, I'm not. So that was the one. But you know, hey, that's just whatever. Okay, it has one of the coolest covers. Uh, So it's it's kind of like dusk. The sun's going down, and it's there's the sign that says "Welcome to Horrorland," and there's this big green horned monster thing like peeking over it. Oh, I love it. Is Absolutely the, uh, love it. Is it is the amusement park in the background, the Ferris wheel and the roller yep. coaster and the yep. Yep. and the tree that's coming up? Yep, you got it. We should uh, throw some of this stuff on t-shirts. So that was something that they did um, because everything in the 90s, and, well, hell, everything today, you still try to you know milk it for all it's worth. A lot of these did end up on t-shirts and uh, that goosebumps with that weird kind of bumpy looking letters, um, you know, that was on a ton of shirts and stuff as well. I do um, remember in home ec class in sixth grade, I had to sew a pillow and I got goosebumps fabric. <laughs> so I hmm. had a goosebumps pillow. I remember you telling us that. Yeah. Okay. Real, real quick. We'll go through these top five real quick. Number five, the werewolf of fever swamp. Okay. That one I don't really remember too much. Um, the, even even the uh, even the cover is not really ringing a bell. Um, number four was the ghost next door. Uh, the one I'm not real familiar with. It's got a cool cover. It says uh, it's got like a welcome mat and there's like a ghost feet standing on it. It's kind of cool looking. Uh, now, number three, though, that's another one that I think uh, we'll all remember. Number three is Night of the Living Dummy. Yeah, I do know that one. So I don't remember the book as much as I remember watching that episode. Uh-huh. So uh, Night of the Living Dummy is where R.L. Stein actually used some of his kind of... Uh, what you call it, that that kind of dad humor, real kind of yeah. one-liner, cheesy stuff. That's where most of the dummies dialogue came from. Right. <laughs> uh, number two is The Curse of Camp Cold Lake. Uh, another, another cover I really remember. It's got like a corpse with long hair coming out of the water. It's kind of cool looking. And then uh, number one... Best goosebumps of all. Welcome to Dead House. Hmm. The one that we just talked about, and R.L. Stein said it's his least favorite because it's too scary. It's funny because I I remember the books, but I don't remember the content very much. Right, right. It's I mean, twenty years, twenty-five years ago is, yeah. is when I would have read most of these. Yeah. So I know I had a collection. The only one that is really like sticking with me is that Attack of the Mutant. That's the one that I I remember it kind of freaked me out a little bit, but um I do remember there was one that had to do with the peanut butter and jelly sandwich eating people. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds amazing. Uh I hopefully when Alex gets a little bit older, she likes to read, she likes to look at books. Um might get to revisit a few of these, see see if she likes them or not. So that might well, be fun. Well, uh, we'll throw some goosebumps to her way. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, guess what? Our it's time. <laughs> so. Okay. I was trying to come up with something. It's time for what? It's, it's time, time to the next episode. All right. <laughs> well, close us out, Luke. Well, um, next week we'll be discussing the letter. Uh, what comes after G? E F G H. Yeah, letter H. <laughs> well, right, well, I'm I baby mean, I'm Sure, it's it's safe to close on that note right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, folks. I'm 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 Baby Gator. Thanks for listening to me rant about goosebumps. And I'm Danger. I'm Sarge. Until next week. Bye.